That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune. When I'm back on top, back on top in June. Pilot to Bombardier. I repeat, Pilot to Bombardier. Greetings from Podcastville. It is Tuesday, October 17th, and we are back with another episode of Open Tabs. Papa's Corner, Open Tabs, episode 6, I believe. This is an episode where we go over the open tabs that I have on my phone. Things that I've looked up, whatever I've Googled search, y'all get to get some insight into the things that I have uh, researched or tried to find information on. What a beautiful morning it is. Sun's up. It is uh, about 42 degrees or so, 40 degrees. That fall weather is finally here. Ladies, it's time to break out those scarves. Your pants, long sleeves, maybe the sweaters with the pumpkin spice lattes in hand. I know y'all are excited about pumpkin patches and spooky season. But anyways, I hope everybody's having a good day. Because I know I'm having a wonderful morning. Open Tabs is a a little segment I do where uh, we chat about the things that I've researched, whatever I've Googled and looked up on my phone, so y'all get some insight into the things that I've learned. A lot of random facts, a lot of random shit, but nonetheless, maybe you can learn something and uh, have some entertainment on your morning commute. If you're stuck in traffic, hopefully you're not, but all right, let's get started. Let's see, let's see, Comal County Fire Ban. The county fire ban is still on. This is from Comal County. Comal County Fire Marshal. No starting of fires, y'all. Okay? If you're doing your backyard, don't worry. I ain't telling nobody, but make sure you don't start no fires outside of that. I don't get in trouble. Y'all heard it from here, okay? No fires. Fires. So we get some rain in this freaking place. Alright, let's see what's next. <laughs> Campgrounds in Canyon Lake. <clears throat> There's a few. You got Potter's Creek Park. That is the north side of Canyon Lake. Then you got Cranes Mill Park, which is part of the south side. So if any of y'all are looking to go camping, I'm planning on going in a few weeks. To Potter's Creek, they have uh, RV sites and they got tent sites. I don't know who here camps, but there you go. Cranes Mill Park and Potter's Creek Park. Take your kids out. Spooky season. Weather's nice. Get out there. Go camping. It's a good time. Let's see. 
Ray-Ban Metas. So Ray-Ban's coming out with these, uh, it's the next generation of smart glasses. The Ray-Ban Meta Collection combines the latest in wearable tech with authentic Ray-Ban design to keep you connected wherever you go. The Ray-Ban Meta smart glasses take on all the features of Ray-Ban stories and elevate them to meet what users really want. The next step of smart eyewear. The Ray-Ban smart glasses just got a whole lot smarter. Meta AI is a conversational assistant that you can prompt by simply saying, Hey Meta, no need to unlock your phone or press hold, press and hold for assistance. With a few words, the new smart glasses can make calls, send texts, control features, and find answers for those random questions that pop into your head throughout the day. Alright, I've looked at getting these. Um, they're pretty interesting. They uh, run $329. But just be aware, I have no clue what these are going to do to your brain. They might fry your brain for all we know. All that 5G going into your head. People are going to start having one-eyed, one-leg, one-foot, one-hand babies. No hands. Who knows? Just be careful. You don't know what this 5G is doing to us. And these glasses are going to sit right there. You're going to have an antenna direct link to 5G to your head. But anyways, they're coming out. So, you know, look into it if that's something that you need. Drought restrictions. Let's see. San Antonio water system. Drought restrictions. Watering rules and drought restrictions. San Antonio water system uses watering rules and restrictions established by city ordinance to proactively manage the region's water sources. The rules and restrictions limit water use based on specific levels of the Edwards Aquifer. So as of 10-16-23, which is the beginning of this month, we are at stage two. Stage two tr- drought restrictions. <clears throat> stage two begins with a 10-day rolling average of the aquifer level. Of the aquifer level drops to 650. Wait, what? Oh, stage two begins when the 10-day rolling average of the aquifer level drops to 650 feet mean sea level at the monitored well. Watering with an irrigation system or sprinkler is allowed only once a week, from 7, a- 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Hopefully we don't get any worse. Hopefully we don't get any worse, but there's also stage 3 and stage 4. Elon Musk's Starlink train. So Elon Musk, <clears throat> I'm sure that y'all are already aware of this, but um, I've seen it on Facebook, people asking about what the string of lights are in the sky. If you've seen it, you may be aware, uh, but uh, it is the Starlink train, the Starlink satellite train. And it's a uh, string or a, a line of... Uh, <clears throat> Dots of dots of light in the sky. That is the Starlink train. So, Elon Musk is sending up satellites, and it's a uh, it's a network of more than two thousand satellites. It says Starlink uses a network of more than two thousand satellites orbiting Earth, more than three hundred and forty miles up. 
The company is continuing to launch satellites in batches as part of its goal of providing high-speed broadband internet around the world, particularly in places with poor connectivity. That's some interesting stuff. I think the goal is, once you're in, in certain desolate places, let's say you're in the forest where you don't have internet, you can connect to these Starlink satellites, and uh, you can connect yourself to the internet. You know, you need to call mom, you need to order Uber Eats, you need to check your Facebook, you know how it goes. If you're me, check your fantasy team. <clears throat> but anyways, that is a system of satellites to provide internet to places that may not have it. Cambodian humanitarian crisis. <clears throat> I forgot who I was look who I was talking to about this, but my family's from Cambodia. I got family from Cambodia. And uh, my mom escaped the Khmer Rouge regime change in Cambodia. There was a lot of war. Uh, a lot of people were killed. She actually lost a brother in that uh, transition. That uh, During their travels from Cambodia to America, they were actually going from Cambodia to Thailand. Um, and her brother died from uh, a, a sickness. Um... They also watched neighbors get killed, and I did a podcast with my aunt recently. Uh, I'm not sure what number podcast it was, but it was with Linda Chung. If you all want to get some insight on on what they went through when they were coming to America and how that was leaving Cambodia and and uh, trying to escape that that regime change. But the Cambodian humanitarian crisis from 1969 to 1993 consisted of a series of related events which resulted in the death, displacement, or resettlement abroad of millions of Cambodians. The, cri the crisis had several phases. First was the Cambodian Civil War between Lon Nol government and the communist Khmer Rouge from 1970 to 1975. This phase was also marked by intensive United States bombings from 1969 to 1973 of the Khmer Rouge and the sanctuaries and bases inside Cambodia of the Northern Vietnamese Army as part of its strategy to win the Vietnam War. The second phase was the rule of the Khmer Rouge from 1975 to 1979. The Khmer Rouge murdered and starved about one-fourth of the eight million Cambodian people. In 1979, Vietnam invaded Cambodia and overthrew the Khmer Rouge. Vietnam and the Cambodian government it created Vietnam and the Cambo Vietnam and the Cambodian government it created ruled the country for the next twelve years. The Khmer Rouge and other groups fought a guerrilla war against the Vietnamese occupiers and the Cambodian government. In 1979 and 1980, the chaos caused hundreds of thousands of Cambodians to rush to the border with Thailand to escape the violence and avoid the famine which threatened Cambodia. That's where my family went, Thailand. Humanitarian organizations cooed with the crisis 
with the land bridge, one of the largest humanitarian aid efforts aid efforts ever undertaken. There you go. So that's what happened to a lot of Cambodians. Luckily, my mom and her family made it out, and that's why I'm here today doing this podcast for y'all. Oh, <clears throat> let's take a quick break so I can talk about my sponsors. I forgot about that portion in the beginning, but this episode is brought to you by 14 Points Fitness. My friend, Mr. Jason Almond, he uh, runs 14 Points Fitness. And he does personal training and also nutritional plans for people who are looking to change their life. If you need guidance on starting your journey into the fitness world or you just want some help on your diet and nutrition, he is the man to talk to. Chat with me and I will link you to him. Get your diet right. Get yourself feeling good. Regain high energy levels. Better sleep, better nutrition. When you when you feel good, when you eat the right things. Excuse me. When you eat the right things, when you hydrate correctly, and when you get your your diet in line and your fitness, you make it a priority. I promise you, you will start to feel better and better every single day, and you will get to the optimum you. So contact me, and I will direct you to Fourteen Point Fitness. Fourteen Points Fitness. And my friend, Mr. Jason Almond. And we will get you in track, get you feeling better, looking better, and living better. Right. Ten pitchers to win the Cy Young and the MVP in one season. So, the Cy Young is an award given to a pitcher. The Cy Young is the award given to the best pitcher of the season in baseball. And the MVP is the most valuable player in that season. So, let's see. Number 10, Don Newcomb of the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1956. Number 9, Sandy Koufax of the Dodgers in 1963. Number 8, Danny McLean of the Detroit Tigers in 1968. Number 7, Bob Gibson of the St. Louis Cardinals, 1968. Number six, Rolly Fingers. Oh, that's a cool name, Rolly Fingers. Rolly Fingers of the Milwaukee Brewers, 1981. Number five, Willie Hernandez of the Detroit Tigers in 1984. Number four, Roger Clemens of the Boston Red Sox, 1986. Number three, Dennis Eckersley of the Oakland Athletics in 1992. Number two, Justin Verlander of the Detroit Tigers in 2011. Justin Verlander is now with the Astros who are getting the Astros. Handed to them by the Rangers. So any of you Astros fans, I'm sorry, but go Rangers. Nobody wants them being Astros to win anyways. And if you got a problem with it, contact me. We can chat about it. Go Rangers. At least we got at least we got one Texas team that's gonna represent 
Texas in the World Series. But anyways, Justin Verlander is now with the Astros. And number one, Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers, Los Angeles Dodgers in 2014. Corn growing with missing kernels. So the story behind this is I was growing corn this season uh, in my garden. And I was pulling corn that had missing kernels all over. It was really sad. It looked like uh, looked like my dog with bald patches on her skin. She has cancer. I don't know if this corn had cancer, but this corn was missing a ton of kernels. And uh, it says, Because all sides of those ears need to be pollinated, you'll often see whole sections missing in garden-grown corn because gardeners often don't realize they need to plant it in blocks instead of rows. You can try hand-pollinating ears. Let's see. Why do corn cobs often have bare patches missing kernels? Alright, this is from permies.com. It's because each kernel has to be fertilized in order to develop. On the top of the plant is the male part that releases about 16 to 20 million specks of sperm. This falls in the in the air, gets blown by the wind, and attaches itself to the little silts, silks that come out of the female cobs. Each silk has the potential to be a kernel. If the silk doesn't catch sperm, it doesn't grow. It gets slightly more complicated as the sperm is actually in two parts, and the two parts have different jobs to do for the pollination to be complete. Needless to say that if either of those two parts are malfunctioning, then there's no growth of a kernel. Very, very interesting. What's crazy is that, like, we think of animals and whatnot and, and living beings or at least uh, um, conscious beings, maybe not even conscious, but animals that have sex. We, we don't often think of plants having sex, but there are male and female plants. And <clears throat> typically, like uh, with my watermelons, you have two you have two sets of flowers that grow from the the watermelons on the vines. You have the male flower and the female flower. The female flower has the watermelon, so it's it's the watermelon, so it'll go the vine, then it'll have a tiny little baby watermelon, then it'll have the flower coming out of the top of that watermelon. And what needs to happen is there needs to be a pollinator, whether that's ants, because ants love uh, watermelon vines. They will walk all along the watermelon vine. On that watermelon vine, you got the uh, female plants, like I said, which is the watermelon and the flower. And then you have the male flowers, which also grow on the vine, that have the pollen needed to go to that fe female flower. So you'll need a pollinator, whether it be ants, excuse me, ants walking on the vine or like uh, bees or wasps, butterflies, they need to go to the male flower of that plant or of any uh, watermelon plant. They need to go to the male flower, pick up that pollen, and go to the female flower. And then if they go to that female flower and pollinate that flower, it now becomes a viable fruit. 
so that fruit can begin to grow. <clears throat> so something I learned was going to the vines, picking off uh, when I do see a female flower which has the little fruit at the bottom of it it's tiny I will grab I will look for the male flower which doesn't have the fruit and I will grab that flower and I will take it to the female flower and I will do the pollination myself so I will get that flower and I will sprinkle that pollen on the female flower and so that fruit can begin to grow very fascinating okay Corn smut. What is corn smut? I've seen pictures of corn that grow this stuff called smut, and it's like a a fungus that grows on the corn. Corn smut is a plant disease caused by the pathogenic fungus Ustilago mitis. My mitis. Of several cereal crop pathogens called smut, the fungus forms gals on all above ground parts of corn species, such as mice and teosint. The infected corn is edible. In Mexico, it is considered a delicacy called huitlachochen, huitlacoche, huitlacoche. Often eaten as a filling in quesadillas or other tortilla-based foods as well as in soups. Very, very interesting. Okay. Your mineral spirits clean up oil stains. <clears throat> what, what mineral spirits is? Mineral spirits is made of 100% petroleum and has no additives. Mineral spirits is a clean, clear product that is used for thinning oil-based paint. It can also be used for thinning or cleaning stains and varnishes, as well as for cleaning up oil stains or spills. Texas Minimum Wage Effective July, two, July 24, 2009, which I don't think this has been updated... Let's see. Currently, currently the minimum wage in Texas is seven dollars and twenty-five cents per hour. I really don't think anybody is currently paying that. Um, I'm assuming that businesses are paying more than seven twenty-five. I know that like places like. A lot of fast food restaurants and whatnot are offering, I want to say like $12 an hour. I've seen signs in and outs offering like 15 or 16 Uh This is a link that says state minimum wage laws. Alabama, there's no minimum wage. But the federal minimum wage is $7.25. Let's see what it says for Texas. Yep, seven twenty-five per hour. <clears throat> they just go by the federal minimum wage. Okay. Mammatus, mammatus clouds. What causes mammatus clouds? What are mammatus clouds? 
Mammatus is a cellular pattern of pouches hanging beneath the base of the cloud, typically a cumulonimbus rain cloud. Cumulonimbus rain cloud. Although they may be attached to other classes of parent clouds, the name Mammatus is derived from Latin mama, meaning utter or breast. So if you have clouds that look like um, a bunch of, I guess like, almost like balls, not like a nutsack, but like, what's the best way to describe it? Huh. I don't know how to describe it. Just look it up. Mammatus clouds, okay? Then you can see what I'm talking about. We saw them. I saw them. How to know when corn is ripe. I was doing a lot of researching on corn just because uh, I had my corn garden going. And so I was trying to figure out when to, when to pick them, when they're ripe. Um, but anyways... How do you know when to harvest sweet corn? How to harvest corn for the best flavor? Before, before harvesting, check if the kernels on the ear are in the milk stage. Let's see. Types of corn. When to harvest. Depending on the type of corn you're growing, the yield or maturity date can vary a bit. For example, some varieties mature 72, 72 days after planting the seeds and others 110 days Make sure to check the seed packet for days to maturity to give you an estimate of when your corn should be ready to harvest. Keep an eye on the silks, the fine thread-like strands on the ear of the corn. It takes about 20 days after the silks first appear on the corn before the corn has developed enough. Ears will be ready to pick when the silk turns brown, but the husk remains green. There you go. Stalks should have at least one ear near the top before harvesting occurs. While the stalk may have ears lower down, those are typically smaller and are not ready to harvest. There you go. Alright, what do we got here? I slept with an onion in my sock and this is what happened. I don't know why I googled this. I think I saw something online about sleeping with an onion in your sock. Um, this is a... This looks like on the website stylecraze.com, health and wellness. This is a blog. Medically reviewed by somebody. Fact checked by somebody. But, let's see. Alright. Take an onion, white or red, cut into thin, flat slices. Make sure it's an organic onion to avoid any side effects of pesticides like fungal infections. Place the onion slice in your socks under your foot like a platform. Sleep as you usually do. As you sleep, the healing properties of the onions will be absorbed by the feet, and this will help in stimulating the meridians. Let's see. They tend to remove bacteria and kill germs. The phosphoric acid, the substance that irritates your eyes while chopping onions, present in onions, helps purify the blood as it enters the blood vessels. 
it comes with a number of benefits. And based on this, based on this uh, article here, it says blood purification, removal of germs and bacteria, elimination of toxins and chemicals from the feet, making them smell better. Believe it or not, it works. Alleviating symptoms of fever like cold and flu. Alleviating symptoms of fever like cold symptoms of fever like cold and flu. It says, however, reusing the same onion slice is not at all recommended, so be careful about that. Okay. So What it is, the onion, the benefits of the onion and sock therapy, what it is. Experts claim that there are about 7,000 meridians at the bottom of the feet linked to different organs. It is believed to stimulate all the access points at the bottom of the feet called meridians. Sleeping with onion slices and socks is an early, is an ancient Chinese foot reflexology remedy. Benefits, purifies blood, removes germs and bacteria, eliminates toxins and chemicals that make the feet stink, and alleviates flu-like symptoms. There you go. If anybody wants to try it, please do. Let me know. Can strained abs cause lower back pain? Weak abdominal muscles can cause lower back pain by encouraging a forward-leaning posture and less stability when doing spinal motions. Since abdominals work in conjunction with back muscles when bending, Straightening or lifting, you could be more prone to back pain with a weak core. So if you got lower back pain, work on that core. Alright, I gotta take a shit. So we're gonna do one last one. And then I can do another open tabs. I still got about 15 to 20 tabs open, so. Does sniffing ammonia make you smell? So there was a while where I was doing sniffing salts, um, which is sniffing ammonia, and it basically wakes up your central nervous system, gives you like a jolt. Um, I was doing it when I was lifting, trying to lift heavier. Are smelling salts bad for you? This is poisoncontrol.org. Smelling salts contain ammonia-based chemicals and are used to help revive people who have fainted or are lightheaded. When inhaled... The chemicals in smelling salts, salts cause nose and throat irritation, as well as temporary increase in heart rate. While smelling salts are generally safe when used as directed, prolonged inhalation may result in permanent lung damage or death. Good grief. So I wasn't sniffing it like uh, just completely inhaling it like it's my oxygen, but I was definitely doing it multiple times in a lift session. And I began to notice uh, that my, my sweat began to smell like ammonia. It was a very strong, um, like a BO, like a very strong odor. And my nose also began to dry. I was getting a very, very dry nose where it began to like crack and I had to put Vaseline in my nose at night to keep it moist. So if you plan on using smelling salts, make sure to only use it maybe once a lifting session. Maybe if you're going for a PR. I was doing that shit during the warm-up. So it was not good. It was definitely too much. But um, I feel like it did wake me up. And uh, I don't know if it made me stronger per se. But I did feel a sense of being woken up when I was using them. Um, but it did lead to my sweat stinking a lot more than it typically does. And 
my nose beginning to dry out, which was not good because my nose began to crack and it was a lot of pain. So there you go. Only use sniffing salts. Use it sparingly. All right, y'all. Episode of Open Tabs in the Books. If you've made it this far, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, these are just small little things, small little podcasts I do in between the podcasts I do with people. Give you all some insight into things I look up and, and make. Maybe you can learn some random facts. Uh, if not, that's okay. Maybe you got a little bit of entertainment out of this on your morning commute or your walk or whatever you're doing. So thanks again for tuning in. Open tabs number six. Till next time, I'll see y'all. Hope y'all have a good day.